All right, welcome to an off-the-cuff episode of the Gestalt Education Show. Um, so Brett and I are, uh, we're in Brett's basement tonight drinking some good wine. Rich, do you want to intro our little bit of, of what we're drinking right now? Oh, geez. Uh, uh, well, we started out with Anticatero, which is a fantastic Pinot from Oregon that goes all the way back to July, I think, of last year when we all, the three of us, Brett, Taylor, and myself, certified McKenzie. Um, and then we, what else do we do? We did another Oregon Brett was nice enough to open up a Kenzo Saab Blanc, which is a top five Saab Blanc I've ever had. Um, Christophe, uh, which is kind of like a blend cab. Uh, and then we're finishing with Chapelet, and Chapelet uh, is a fantastic cab from Napa, so we're dominating some of that right now. I've got a little Topo Chico, I think I've already. <laughs> <laughs> Chapelet. We're finishing with Chapelet, which it's is another ki- it's classic Napa cab, killer, amazing, velvety smooth. We love it. It's awesome. So um, we're all here uh, in the basement today uh, for the RTP symposium that uh, is going on tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to let Jeff kind of intro what the RTP symposium is all about, and uh, we're going to let it go. Okay. Um, let's see. How many years have we been doing this, Bo? I believe this is the fourth. Fourth or fifth? Yeah. yeah. Um, the RTP symposium, you know, we began this four years ago as a means of, you know, obviously we have the student clubs around. So it was basically taking some of the best practitioners that we could find um, from the clubs that they were learning and trying to basically take a bunch of those people and put them in one room and workshop a bunch of different things at the same time so that the students could get to see you know, essentially, Brett, how your mind works, and Taylor, how your mind would work, and how, you know, Rich's mind would work, but then how you guys could scary work thing off together. Right it is <laughs> scary. Right. scary. Minus, that, minus that last one, of course. <laughs> but how that could work, and so that students, or even other clinicians, could actually see, okay, I'm looking at it from someone else's perspective that, hypothetically, this low back could be treated this way, or this knee this way, or those different things. And, um, Man, at least so far, it's it's we've done pretty well, you know. For, 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 <laughs> I don't know if you're too much more, but yeah. So, well, so, but yes, that's right. So tomorrow, um, we're, we're well this weekend. We're going to get a, a taste of a lot of different things. I was helping Brett kind of put his his PowerPoint together yeah. in his presentation, and so it'd be nice if I got to see it. <laughs> I'll get that. Too. <laughs> Typical sure Brett. Uh, yeah. Typical oh, Brett Winchester. Savage. It's coming late. It's coming. Uh, but uh, so uh, Brett, Rich, Courtney, um, they're all kind of going to bring their own differences together for kind of different areas of yeah, body. Yeah, I, I think the neat thing this year we've done is we're going basically from the low back all the way down through the foot. Yeah. And I think this is the first time we've it's done something be fun. like that. So, yeah, well, um, this was supposed to happen last year and COVID hit and yeah. it turned to virtual. So this is an expansion on what started out as a lower extremity focus, having Courtney Conley and then Rich and Brett can, everybody can, you know, play you know, clinical jazz together, but now I think we're going to get a look at all of these guys had the opportunity to talk 
virtually for what? What do we do? Two hours or something? Something like that hour. before? No, no, no. The, An hour? With, with, so each of us get, we get two hours tomorrow. Well, previously. No, previously. Oh, previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that was kind of like a, that was kind of oh, like a teaser. I'm too busy folks on the Chapelet. Go ahead. Topo Chico's going to his head. <laughs> um, it was kind of like a teaser. Now we get to dive off into it. So what I think is kind of cool about these R2P symposiums is there's a ton of seminars out there, right? And they're all not in a bad way, but they're hyper-focused, right? It's methodology-based because they have to be. You go to something like this, what we're trying to do is like what Jeff said. It's, it is a, it's an insight into the clinical workings of what Rich or Brett or Courtney may do in the clinic, but it more so it's like what everybody's seeking, right? Mm-hmm. What they're starving for, this integration piece that they're like, I get that I got taught gait, that I got taught lumbar pathology, that I got taught ridiculous, you know, symptomatology, but I don't quite know what I would do if it like is staring me in the face. Yeah, right. And is that's really what we're doing, right? And that's uh, yeah. Hopefully, well, I think what's neat about it though, and again, I'm going to toot my own horn here, but I think what's what's actually (laughs) neat about what we do is the fact that like if you go to a lot of seminars, right. The evaluation always leads you to their treatment, right? <laughs> to their specific one, yeah. Correct. Right. Like if you, if you go to, yeah, <laughs> and it's anything, you go to DNS, and, 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 and those treatments fix so. everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where this one is cancer, is, low back pain doesn't matter at all. Fix it. This one is not that. Yeah. So figure it out when you get there. Yeah. You know well, the I mean? other thing I think too, like all, I mean, all of us have been at it for long enough to where. There's like just certain little clinical pearls. Like I'll run like in the middle of my day, I'll like go to Taylor. I'll be like, I just figured something out on like this adjust. Like, you know, like there's like just so many little things that you would never say maybe on a typical weekend, maybe if you were teaching for like MPI or DNS or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. So I think weekends like this, that at least gives you kind of a platform to be able to like talk about those like, like real, like pure clinical pearls that sometimes it's just not the right place to, I mean, if you have a bunch of try one, try twos, or try three students, like, that's just not the place to talk about a clinical pearl, you know, in certain mm-hmm. cases. So that's going to be fun. And then, uh, as you said, I think when you get different minds together, at least for me, like, I always enjoy teaching other people because, like, it'll make you think uh, differently about, like, certain things. And then that gets you thinking about different ideas and, um and, and makes you think about you know something that you hadn't thought of before, and I think right. that's like one of the the huge benefits of like teaching for or with other people and, and something like this. So. Yeah, I mean, there's the two huge benefits: just having to take all of your thoughts and put them into one presentation. Say, okay, this is how I approach gait or lower extremity pathology or low back pain or whatever. And then also having two other people that you respect to sit there and I get to watch Brett Winchester talk about lower extremity pathology. I get to watch Courtney Conley from Gate Happens talk about Gate. So I get to sit there and watch them bring their thoughts all into one focus. And then I get to go home to Columbus, Ohio and apply that to my community. And it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Well, I think like one of the one of the concepts with Gestalt is what we, we always try to seek out people that are still treating patients and still, mm-hmm. you know, grind out and failing every single day and so right. I think that's one of the, the every unique, day. <laughs> unique things with everybody that's gonna be here this weekend that especially presenting is that you know we've all had our failures we all have have things that are, are, are uh, I don't know just the things that keep us learning so maybe that'd be a good like little transition do you guys have like a quick story anybody that well, like, I, a favorite I, favorite failure that has led to your presentation I, I was gonna I was gonna cut you off and say for most people that listen to podcasts and are on Instagram and watch that stuff you see you know success story after success story after success story and 
the people that I have a lot of respect for, when I sit down and chat with them, it's usually lamenting over cases that they missed or they weren't able to fix and that they struggle with those things. So I, I think that there's this unfortunate... Um, there's this unfortunate sort of thing out there that people think, oh man, if you're a good collision, you're fixing everybody that walks in the door. Not happening. Doesn't happen. So what all that we can do is give our patients 100% of our attention and hopefully you fix them. And a lot of times the worst thing in the world is to look a patient in the face and say like, dude, I got it. I threw everything in the kitchen sink at you and it didn't work. So we got to move you on to something else. Mm -hmm. So that's cool that you guys actually reward that sort of thing. Yeah. Like in our, and then we have our TV reps at our office like we have Victor with us now and um, but or like a Kyle Yates for example but with in our scenario like there's nowhere to hide like yep. we're so exposed like because yeah. we have five <laughs> interns with us you know, two, sh every two day. shadows like <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, you, I mean, you like, can cover that shit up for one day yeah. <laughs> the second day they're like oh yeah he didn't yeah. Yeah. we so, have that at our office and I, he was there not the other day and I'm like I am freaking exhausted <laughs> yeah my brain doesn't work anymore past noon if i have to teach that long but yeah well and i mean i think like at least i mean i've had to do it for 20 years basically and like you just get so numb to it that like it just doesn't even matter but like but what the interns will always say they'll be like we learn more when things aren't going well for you just to hear like what you say to like get a case that's kind of getting off track a little bit like what the verbiage to like get them back on board or um, or like how you refer them appropriately and um, I mean that's like that's one of the main things they, they get from us but uh, I think too I mean R2P's had some amazing staying power you know I mean I think I don't know how when did R2P start was well, it when it was with Jazz and Craig yeah I mean well, the models classically amazing. it started when my last year at Logan so like technically 2011-2012 yes unofficially and it kind of took over the sports councils that's where it kind of started because it was kind of this rehab movement minded oh. addition to chiropractic schools um, and then from there it kind of transitioned to how do we integrate all the methodologies that are taught or all the seminars that we're going to right mm -hmm. and that's what it is now like mm -hmm. we're all doing this stuff but nobody knows how to maybe put it together awesome put it on the palette and mix the colors together mm -hmm. but something that Brett said is like you know you become numb to all these people around you you know maybe the patient's subjective input is even numbing you're like i have these objective outcomes imagine the flip side of that though the clinicians that numb to not even like learning to be better right so like that's what i actually think is really good about these is the fact that you're getting to see people that are highly competitive all talk about the same topic and i wonder how they approach going about that so actually if you don't mind can i ask a question yeah please yeah how do you guys when you're putting something together like this this is different right you're not going to teach mpi or dns you're coming to teach on a topic with two others three all together experts right in your field do you feel any competitive drive to be like eh, i want to make sure whatever i'm bringing out there is better yes <laughs> <laughs> Which is no I didn't easy. Know which is no say that. That's really weird. <laughs> which is no easy task, but it's 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 a. I actually would much rather teach with somebody that's like like a Brett Winchester or a Courtney Conley, who's sharp and and good at what they do. And you, you watch him. I've I've seen Brett present. I've seen Brett take naps when I'm teaching, actually. So. <laughs> True story. Um, no, so I... That's because of wine you serve in the <laughs> It's my fault, yeah. No, I mean, the... 
I, I, I love the competition. I, I, I love like getting to teach with Brad and getting to learn from Brad. Same thing with Courtney. You know, I mean, any, I mean, what's kind of cool is this whole conversation. I've learned something from every single person at this table, so it's it's a it's a gift for sure. Well, That's I mean, awesome. like for me, three people in this group were interns of mine, so like. That's like insane for me to see, like Bo, Rich, Taylor. Um, how many interns are coming tomorrow? And Jeff. <laughs> I know of at least one other intern that's going to come tomorrow. Yeah, oh, there's Victor's got to be here. Yeah. Brad's going to be here. Yeah. So I mean, it's uh, for me, it's like it's an army of monsters. It, I know it really is. It, it like for me, it's just so fun to see like everybody just kind of like go out and just like literally dominate the profession. What's that it. movie with Vince Vaughn where he ends up finding out he has like forty kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Brett. Is that Brett? Is that Brett? He's like intern. Yeah, intern. Yeah, intern. Uh, <laughs> I don't no. really remember. Well, I, no, 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 I, I actually do. I mean, we talked about this before. So Brett, being associated with MPI and associated with Logan, has gotten amazing clinicians to kind of come through there. And then also, I think that you guys. So, so, so Brett teaches for MPI, um, and then there's Mark King and Corey Campbell and a, and a, and a couple others. But like the the reps for MPI is, it's, I mean, it's amazing. So it, it, it's it's just kind of a fun group. To, to be part of we always when we do our little intern uh, you know their first day we always throw out names like Bo Beard and, and Rich Elm and say like these, these people have all gone on to do like amazing things and so no that's pressure. almost yeah, yeah that's like the like, expectation and so that, that's a cool a cool thing to I mean especially for me being I as young as I am so. he's only saying that about me because I'm here right away <laughs> <laughs> Bo is totally legit I mean he's like the Taylor real just deal. changes the name basically yeah. <laughs> that's just a good that's just a good podcast so I, right. You just cater to the crowd. I am the heel of the joke for sure at Winchester's Planet Support. Let's let's maybe uh, so we've got a couple Kairos and a couple PTs in here. So a couple great PTs. Yeah, great add. PTs. Uh, what was you guys? Right. What was you guys' intro to RTP? So well, I'll give you mine. Mine started and it goes back to I did a podcast with Bo one month ago or so. And everybody always asks how I started my business, but like if I fast forward, not even worrying about the business, how I ended up to where I'm at was I started in your traditional physical therapy, yeah. right? Just a mill. And after four years, and I love the people, don't get me wrong, this is just, it's not about the place where I worked, it's mm -hmm. about the method, right? And the people yep. that I worked with were amazing people, but it just didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. So I ended up leaving, and my sister, is an occupational therapist and she actually has had at the time a special needs pediatric clinic mm. and so when i left i was just like i'm done and i talked to my sister and i said can you give me a job yeah she's a guess what i want to open a clinic come run it for me and so for a year i was like whatever i'll get out of it i just needed a break and i was like i'll come play with kids for a year yeah well that led me to researching kids with cerebral palsy see found DNS, mm -hmm. just researching on the internet. From that, I actually found Liebenson. Uh -huh. And I found Craig Liebenson. And I'm one of those people that if I need to find something out, I'm gonna find a way to call you on the phone. Yeah. And so literally I got a hold of Craig Liebenson and I said, what is this and when's this course here? And it was 2011 or 12, I don't know, Rich was there, I don't know what year it was, but it was at one of the Exos years, Pavel was there and Alana was there for DNS. Uh, 2012. 2012, almost got that a was the, the, Yeah. <laughs> and that was, the, that was my <laughs> first year of, and I went and literally lived down the street. So I'm like, I'm in, 
and I went up and finally met Craig. And at that point in time, you know, I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. What's next? What's next? What's next? And Craig actually, believe it or not, he was almost like a, he, rather than be like, just do this, to give him credit, he was like a museum curator. It's like, if you like this, you might like all this stuff and all this stuff. Yeah. So, wow. so he led, and that kind of opened up a lot. And after a few, I went to obviously his courses and some deep, more DNS courses and some different things. And he said, you know, you should be, and this was right when we started at that point. 11, 12. Yeah. yeah and he was like, you should be involved with this. Yeah. And I was like, with what? <laughs> and because I went to, and it was funny because Marianne, um, who's one of our board members. Um, and we actually just launched a podcast with her and Cody last week. Yeah. So, yeah. And so we, I actually, Craig had a, um, an event and it was in San Francisco and it was at Oracle where they had their freaking U.S. sailing the, the America's Cup boats. Mm. So we went into this place and we had the, it was awesome. But all everybody was there that I now know, but I was like the guy that I didn't know anybody. It was, it was Marianne and everybody was there. We were all, but I'm like, I'll just stay over here <laughs> in the corner and I'm just going to come here and learn. But moving forward, right, now it's become a lot of good friendships and things. But that was actually my intro to that. And then, what, a few years ago when it was, they were moving on and things were changing, um, Craig had asked me, do you want to be involved? And I said, with this stuff, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and then it changed hands and now we are where we're at. But, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was a blessing to actually be able to do that because this stuff has been not only like life-changing for what I do and open my eyes, but now that the students that Frankie and I have at our clinic, we, we try to just, like we have a student right now and he comes in and he's just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and and it, it really is. He's like this, and I said, if you, we just talked to him this week. I said, the only three things, he's a, like a second year. So the only three things you need to learn is sagittal plane stabilization. You're gonna learn a little bit about real neurology. And I want you to learn a little bit about program design. And if you do that, then you win at least here and you'll be better off when you leave. But he has zero, like the schools are sure. Mm -hmm. So work eventually, like my job, and I've already talked to him. He, he goes to Northern Arizona University, which is in Phoenix. They have obviously Flagstaff and then a bunch of schools Amazing in Phoenix. Town. But we're working so. on trying <laughs> to get into the PT school realm. But. Yeah. It's well, we always say, you know, what's kind of weird about chiropractic schools is it's kind of odd to think that you would have to, like, give up your lunch to go to, like, an MPI club or an R2P club, like, to fill in a void of, like, your curriculum at your school. So most uh, chiropractic students, I don't know how PT is, but most chiropractic students are $200,000 in debt. So to think that you're paying that kind of money and yet you're having to like get this information from like an outside source yeah, is from insane. a student. <laughs> I know it was so we was like, and think I mean about that. <laughs> like Lo Logan right now, honestly, it's still we're putting out some us. really top students, and I mean it's the clubs are so strong right now, and like the inner competition within these clubs and like that i mean that's what's like driving this bus right now so well the, the best the, the best students in the, in the country are active club participants yes here right. far yeah. which has been to have a like peek into the cave of rtp that's kind of been my drive to be on the board is 
there needs to be a curriculum shift. That's a huge undertaking. We're mm-hmm. talking PT Cairo because that's a problem. I right. Agree. I think oh, it is. Oh, I think in both fields. I don't. I don't oh, think yeah. that's a problem. That's it's easily undertaken. The board, the board. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a it's a huge problem with our PT. And like when we see now that I've seen all you all the Cairo's from all these courses, and it's like there is very few PTs that come around and you know you guys are kind of putting the fire to be like okay you know here's your you guys are doctorates of, of chiropractics go do your thing right. you know and it's like you guys are very entrepreneurish with with mm-hmm. where you guys are and our field is nothing like that so when we say like go to a course they're like well do I get CEUs how much is it and <laughs> you know what am I is, is my you, company gonna pay for it right. <laughs> right. And, and I'm like, gonna give a weekend <laughs> totally and you know what Can you do it in eight hours and, and actually I was I was in that boat too until I met Jeff and like we hooked up and we got hooked up through something called like by hook up what do you mean by hook up <laughs> that's none of your business <laughs> like, you don't say that <laughs> shut your mouth <laughs> well, we're from, like, we're, 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 we got entangled through a, a company called Opex and Opex Fitness who have set the ground for me for um, just higher order thinking with program design and dealing with gem pops and athletes and uh, but really you know I was and also to- appreciating knowing your lane so it's a it's an ama- it's an amazing education platform for personal trainers totally. and strength coaches that sort of the moment pain's involved like they're out like right. go to somebody else so they're right. really good about just delineating those yeah. two things right yeah. you know i want to fur out but i was always that hybrid of a coach personal trainer slash like oh you're coming to me with your problems and i don't have a degree for this so i went and got my degree for that right so again 200 something whatever in debt and you're going to tell me to go do a course i'm like hell no and now i look back and now i'm in these courses i see all these cairo students i'm like holy shit uh we you know we're missing the boat in this profession this club isn't anywhere in our profession either and it's like you know where where are we as a profession and why why are we so far behind and yeah it might be about money but man if you put your money to education that that will make you money like you'll bring it back right so i think it comes down to that though i mean it really comes down to most kairos are basically eat what you kill right and a lot of pts are more on a salary sort of scenario 100 percent. and so I, I think it's a tall task to ask somebody that's going to get paid the same, whether they're amazing or whether they go to forty-five seminars or whether they go to zero. Totally. And to go talk to about that curriculum shift, right? What, what Bo was saying, it's like both both of these professions need it. But I think after seeing what you Kairos have been doing, I wouldn't know the difference mm-hmm. between you guys. You know what I mean? And what I'm seeing now. And but again, I think that is good for the profession. Well, it's more socially acceptable probably to be a physical therapist. So I think Kairos walk around with a chip on their shoulder. Like you, you just can tell who a Cairo is from across the room. Yeah. yeah. You gotta like you feel like you're you're always trying to like push the limits of what's possible for I mean that's you know, and I finally actually um, Mark King, who's the president of MPI, one time he asked me, we were out to breakfast, he's like, so what what are you trying to do? He just like point blank asked me and I said, I thought for a second on Mike I think at the end of the day, I'm trying to like push the limits of what's possible for a chiropractor. Like, mm-hmm. if I go out and I speak with like the best pitching coach in the world, I got to be able to like talk to him. Mm-hmm. If I talk to the best neurologist at WashU in St. Louis, I got to be able to have a conversation with them. Right. Like, I got to be able to like play in all these worlds, to, if for no other reason to make to to do our profession a service. You know, right. like yeah. like that we can hang with with other people. And I'm sure you guys feel the same. Yeah, yeah I try to right. tell people, yeah. I'm like, you remember back in the day when it was like, there was an MD and a DO. And now it's like, if you go to the hospital yeah. and you go to the ER, <laughs> clue who's. Yeah. it's an MD or DO, you don't really give a shit. You're gonna right. get, and I think it should be the same way. You know right. what I mean? I think it sh- 
It should be the same. We just, you, we just need another <laughs> distinction, right? But if you allow, like, you know, whatever you want to call it, medical capitalism to take over, right? Right. Like, Brett's the best example. Like, a couple interns sitting here, the more touches we have with patients, the more that demand for that product goes up. The way that right. product got to the market was via the clubs and via right. those things. And if people are like, I mean, how many times have you had a patient ask you, well, why isn't that stuff normal? Right? Right, yeah. Because right. they see all the stuff on your wall. Yeah. yeah, and you're <laughs> like, well, I don't know. But, like, that's what will shift it. It's not us yeah. kind of banging from the inside. It's like people demanding, like, I'm only going to go to this person. All of a sudden, we're booked. And it's like, well, more people are doing that here pretty soon. Yeah. So I think that's what RTP is really doing. Well, and, and right? you, know, our, you know, our patients go through, I mean, by the time we get a patient, they've probably been through six, seven different providers, right? They have attitudes, beliefs, and, and expectations that have been shaped along the way. And then they come Damn to us, them. right? You know what I mean? <laughs> then they come to us and we got to be like, okay, what are, you, what are you coming with? And how do we unpack that and give you something that you can walk away with? And when they see that as that's our product, they're like, well, wait. Why wasn't my six, seven other ex, uh, experiences prior to this kind of like this? This is why I was looking for the whole time, you know. Mm-hmm. And we want to like when we bring those students in, we're like, dude, like, you know, you don't take much from. I mean, whatever you take from us, just understand that you know there's some principles that like like you were saying, Brett, about like how do you get out of a bad situation when it's just not going right with that patient? Yeah. That's the care. Mm-hmm. That's what they're not going to teach you in school, right? Like, you know, you try these things and it, they don't go the way you want, and the patients might know and they might not know but you got to kind of go with that flow you always think they know more than they do yeah Mm -hmm. well i'll circle back i kind of think i kind of almost (laughs) think like sometimes like they know more than i think they know i don't know who knows yeah Yeah. (laughs) i never know or if they if if they like fall off the schedule i assume that they hate my guts and i'll see them and i'm like how you doing i'm like oh man did you get surgery and how's it going oh no i feel great no yeah Yeah, they never tell you oh oh, okay that would have been cool if you called the office and like Dr. Kraft or whoever is amazing, and I, you know, I feel amazing, so I'm gonna come. They don't do that, so they just fall this because I was like, oh man, I fucked him up. Like, right, it's right. terrible. <laughs> uh, to you, you said earlier, like some like stories you're not so proud of. So we had one two months ago. And, how many? Like, how many? He'll know because he's he sits in all the meetings we have at our office, but like. Our big thing is to like swerve into things that you don't do well. And like, anyways, so to, to this day, I haven't broken a rib on a patient that I know of manipulating them, but I did break a rib two months ago. Brad Muse was part of it, by the way. Oh, he great. Was the Shout so, out to Brad Muse. I am in a That is room. not accepted at CCRC, just saying. <laughs> I get done. So I'm like moving this patient to like the back to the rehab area. Well, I kind of, you know, get ahead of myself. And Brad Muse, my intern, God love him, he's left with this patient. Now my intern, by the way. Soon to be doctor at TCRC. Go ahead. So this patient gets up, gets a little bit dizzy, and then falls down, hits her head, and basically breaks her rib. Yeah. Great day. And uh, You didn't technically break that rib, though. Well, no, no, I didn't technically, but it happened in my office. Well, anyways, I felt horrible, so I was telling them, so like... This is not great PR for the office. So I had to call the medical doctor, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe it happened. So it's your patient fell in our office today. And she's kind of not laughing, but kind of laughing. She's like, okay, well, I'll check her out and blah, blah, blah. So, um, so anyways, and I'm having to call this patient every day to see, and I, I'm, I'm just eating a shit sandwich every day, you know, like, <laughs> oh my God, every time I take a breath, I really, you know, I'm just like, okay, okay. Six more weeks, you'll be okay. <laughs> but so we always laugh. So then like, so she's coming back in and I've educated her well, like over the, over the years. And so like, she's like, my gosh, she's like, 
man, my knees are 100% better. So I've like, she's basically broken a rib in her office and all she wants to talk about is how good her knees feel. And I'm just like, dude, we broke your rib. I mean, like, come on. But the point I'm making is like, and, I, and I, they know this that around like our office is like, we swerve into everything. Like if we're, we don't like hide and like, if, if you made a mistake, like no one's going to care. You fess up to it. And it's like, you're going to make a million mistakes in a day like little mini mistakes mm-hmm. and it's about and the patient you know they're they're not going to know it you know so or if you give them 100% of your effort yeah it's like like it, we we you I, i'm a i'm 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 certain that you have had a referral from a patient that you did nothing for. Yeah. So I had this guy that came in and it was for shoulder impingement and I did everything. Dry needling, reflex locomotion, DNS stuff, everything. Didn't help the dude even a, even a little bit and, a, and you know, worked with him however long, longer than I wanted to and I'm super frustrated and then he sort of like trickles off the schedule which is the worst when you figure that out. I'm like, grrr. So then I get a referral and it was like, this dude sent him in. I'm like, nah, it's not right. That dude? There's no way that that dude sent him in. And sure enough, he would like send some people in. And the only thing I can assume is that I gave the, the dude 100% of my attention when I was in there. I gave him 100% of my focus. I tried the best that I could. And even though it didn't work, he was like, no, 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 that guy actually tried. Like he wasn't just sitting there like, giving me a cookie cutter program, even though I didn't help him. Every every time, you know, dose response, yeah. dose response, mm-hmm. dose response. I'm abducting my shoulder, and every time, pain at ninety degrees. It was terrible. <laughs> but that's kind of. Are like, you better? No, I didn't. No, think so. I didn't think. So. I think it's. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I just. Yeah. That's our. That's yeah. our joke. Patient walks in, loving yes or no better. <laughs> yeah. That goes to my head a minute. Yeah. yeah. Loving yes, no yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> or we can tell by the facial expression. I'm just going to save that question. (laughs) Let me palpate your spine. (laughs) You're going to type worse in here and just walk over and start working. Well, okay, so here, the key to not burning out, I would just throw this out, is like there's no scoreboard in the side of our treatment room. So we have all these like, you know, friends of ours, docs, who are like out in the trenches. And it's hard to know because, again, like, are you doing a good job? Are you not doing a good job? And uh, I think that's what makes it hard, but you got to almost, there's a game within a game. And I mean, you have to like, at least for myself, like when I walk in there, like I am like, no matter what they tell me, I am playing the game of like, can I change this trigger point? Can I improve this joint range of motion? Can I improve this neurologic test? And can I do it in the most efficient way? Maybe that's working locally or maybe that's working more distally to get a more local response. And like, I feel like at the end of the day, like at least for myself, I I should be exponentially better than when I walked in in that, that same day. Like that's like, if I even looked at myself, I am so much better in the last two years you know, like I, I'm like getting better at that rate, you know? And I mean, I think like I, when I, when I do like state associations, I just feel like you have a room full of chiropractors whose careers just like, are just like flatline, you know, like yeah. it's just the same, you know, and they're burned out and it's not fun anymore. You know, you hear grind, you hear like these words of like, you know, I, I'm kind of like looking to get out of practice and stuff like that. And I'm kind of looking forward to getting Monday morning to get back to practice, you know? So, and I think it's just cause the game. What you're going to hear on the breakouts in RTP, at least you have for the past few years is you hear way more like failing on the fly, right? Like we do breakouts and, you know, with actual patients during these things, which used to be kind of 
it got to be cliche, right? Like pull somebody up on stage, do something like, oh my God, look at the passage. Yeah. Right. And they're like, oh! I call, yeah, it, it, check the, it. Oh my God. I call it the dog and pony show. So. <laughs> I they come back an hour later and like, Dude, don't give it away. I tell people in the seminar, because I cannot stand it when I go to a seminar and the speaker clearly is using some tricks. Like they're not holding the bone down as much and making it look right. Well, that sucks because then the, the student or doc or whoever attends, they go home and then on Monday they try to apply this like, well, this shit doesn't work. I must suck. So I will literally tell them, you know, I'm checking range of motion or something. I'm sure I'll do this this weekend, I'm sure. And they'll do it and be like, yeah, that's the same, right? Yeah, same. Exactly. Like, don't lie to me. Like, just don't try to make me look good. Just, I, I need this to work if it works. And if it doesn't work, I need the whole room to know that it didn't work. That's totally fine. I'm, I'm completely okay with failing. It's, it's fine. But I think that's maybe one of the best learning lessons. Like you're gonna take away practical and tactical skills out of this, but I still remember the, was it the first year we did it, Phil Snell was up there yes. and he had a bunch of people line up that didn't have a perfect like multi-segmental flexion like toe touch. Oh, then, oh yes, yes, right? yes, and yes. He was just like, hey, yeah. I'm gonna get all these people up here. And then he would do small movement interventions, nothing hands-on, right? And then half the people go away, right, and improve. And he got down to one person. That girl. And there was one person, everybody's throwing everything got her, right? And it got to be pretty like specific, right? They're doing all this stuff. And so you saw the other two clinicians, I mean, you know, Brown. They're trying yeah. to improve her right. ability just to see yeah. if she can oh, get into I'll a flexion pattern. I'll never forget that, man. That so you have Capo and Brown and Snell up there just trying to do this. And <laughs> so are going through, and people from the crowd are like, do, 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 do this. And like, you know, it's like this weird thing. Yeah, and finally on. Snell's like, do you dance? And she's like, no. And she does like, he does some like salsa stuff, which is weird to see Philip Snell do that. Like, With amazing pants, I'm a It was, 100%. Uh, and I saw a nightmare Kill, about it. Killer pants, Phil. Yeah. Killer. Matching uh, glasses with the pants. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spectacles. And, right. and like a quite respectable beard. And I, I myself have a pretty good beard. Just but her toe touch did improve, but that's not the point. You saw all of those clinicians fail like literally 40, 50 times within like 30 minutes and all these students are like, oh, even the stuff that I was gonna do wouldn't work, right? They got to see it all mm -hmm. play out and that's a very easy thing. Yeah, like, I think at the end, thing. the fact was is that she was always told she was afraid to run her spine. It was like a fear avoidance thing. She was just, a f he's like, just around your spine. She's like, oh, and then just touched her toe. So it's just cool to see all these people go through this. And like I said, I think that's one of the things that R2P is about, is like bringing people to the forefront that we all look up to, but then also seeing them you know, kind of go big on a topic that, yeah, everybody knows something about, but at the same time, like, put that into practical action and then mm -hmm. see, like, what's going to happen with this, right? Like, what would the other clinician do if what Brett's doing doesn't work out? Right. What's Brett's input on what that clinician's doing? And that's, that doesn't happen, but that's what's happening with your interns. Mm -hmm. But now we're getting these high-level clinicians, and that's what, I just wish that would happen more often. And it, well, and well, because, like, on the seminar weekends, like, I tell him, like, I can spot a charlatan a mile away because like the charlatans are the people who are teaching on the weekends but not in practice during the week but and which is totally fine but don't act like you're in practice and then because you're about to get exposed you know like so um, because like to me like you can never have that like arrogance or, or cockiness if you're in practice because like practice like freaking it kicks your teeth in every day of your life. I mean like you can't be cocky in practice. It's not possible. Well and I think the best part, as Bo was saying with this whole thing, is it this whole this whole deal, what we're doing here with even the RTP, but how we all treat anyway, 
is going to teach you humility one way or the other. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, in the no, sense right. of like, right. and I, I, the student that we're talking about right now, like I had him and I said, you know, when I first started my practice, it was a, it wasn't healthy at the beginning in the sense of the stresses of owning a business. But at the same time, my perspective was I, I have to fix everybody hmm. that comes in the door. Being a cash-based practice where they're handing me money, I have to fix them. And at the end, it I forget where I was and I forget who it was, but someone told me, how dare you think you can do that? Like in the sense of like, who the hell do you think you are? And I was like, like a punch in the face. And I was like, you're right. And now it's become more of a educational component in the sense of even if I fail, even if that person, and I just told him this this week, and I said, even if that person on my table says, you know what, at, at whatever visit this may be, even if they're getting a little bit better, but they're not like where they thought they should be, even if they leave and say... 70% is the one where they know they're better, but they know they're not done. Yeah. <laughs> but if they ever decide to go, you know what, I'm done with that, that I can sit there and in my own self say, you know what, they have actually learned some way to care for themselves. And I don't feel bad about them if they choose, right? You talk about your failures if they lose, because I make sure that they know that. Are you learning how to care for your spine, how to do this, how to do... And they're like, yeah. And going back to talking about where you failed, one of my best referrals over probably the last past five years of my office was someone I saw once. Great. And I saw them and I was like, you, you don't need to be here. And there, I'm like, you need to go get surgery. And this isn't going to change. And literally, that person has sent me probably enough. I mean, it's ridiculous. Where I was like, I did nothing. I just said, you need surgery. And they were like, thank you. I'm going to send everybody your way. But it's being honest, right? And right. being candid. And But that's Genuine. what this does, right? We're all going to fail a little bit. But let's all fail together and learn. That's basically our 2P. And let's use a lot of that, that cool shit that yeah. everybody else knows and put it all together in a... Okay. So we talked about failures. Let's let's kind of finish with some successes because it's cute to say that everybody sucks and you don't get anybody better. But students don't want to hear that. Right? I, I didn't say, want to you know, tell like, you how awesome I am. Um, so <laughs> what are some what are some ways in your day? We talked about like the inner competition, Brett. What are some days and uh, some things in your day or, or things in your week that that uh, push you to be a little bit better or things that you find yourself doing that oh, maybe you've seen my hashtag? Yeah, like <laughs> like re, like what 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 do you repetitively do in a patient visit? that you feel like has made the biggest progress in your brain, maybe? What do I feel? I, I know that may be a difficult question, but like, is there patterns that you, you try to uphold to or, or like certain things that you look for in a patient that maybe you found yourself getting better I mean, and better and better at? To make, to make my brain sharper, it kind of goes back to what Brett was saying before in terms of you know staying motivated to be a chiropractor, and that is give your patients 100% of your focus and don't treat them like everybody else. Like just look at them as an individual, give them 100% of your focus, and yeah, sure, some of them are gonna fall under the category of like, yeah, sure, whatever, prone extensions, you know, repetitive extensions and lying is gonna fix their problem, but like if you can focus on that individual and try to target it as specifically as possible, your brain never gets tight, well, no, it gets fatigued like crazy, but it never gets bored because every, Central low back pain is slightly different and if you can go in and really tease those out and figure out not only what's causing the pain What are the causative factors? What are the lifetime factors? Yada yada yada, then it's just constant stimulus 
and that drives you to get better and better and better. The other major component that is incredibly humbling that I will definitely talk about uh, both tomorrow and on Sunday is you must audit every single patient that walks into your door every single time they come into the door. Mm -hmm. If you don't audit, you are literally guessing. You are literally floating down a river with, with no utter. You have no clue if it's working. But if you stand them up after treating them for 10, 15, 20 minutes and they are worse or the same, that is humbling and that will make you sharp for sure. It will also guide you to like a no, okay, that exercise is helping that person. So auditing your patients every time and giving 100% of the focus is what would keep my brain sharp and keeps me interested in what I'm doing so I can be excited to be there on Monday like Brett is. Minimal dosage too though. Like so, right. what I mean, yeah. I mean, if I have an hour at the You mean you don't have to treat I, every single thing? <laughs> I mean, I could run through this beautiful DNS flow with every single patient, but or I could like be so good in my assessment that I know exactly what to do, do minimal amount of treatments, get a better outcome, still see 30 patients a day, and like still get like world-class results. Can you please tell the, and I'm not making fun of you, can you please tell the Carol Levitt story, the headache story? Yeah. Go. Uh, so. He's better than, Levitt's better than I, <laughs> better than us. Go ahead. Well, so the best testament I had to treating treat the, the kinetic chain is that when I was with uh, Levitt, uh, myself and Clayton Skagg spent Carl two weeks Levitt, world famous manual therapist, uh, medical doctor from the Czech Republic, go ahead. So we see this patient come in with cervicogenic headache who had, uh, he'd had this headache for forever, basically. This guy was probably six years old. So Dr. Levitt, he checks every trigger point on the body, full neuro exam, watches him walks, does all of Yonda's test, um, joint plays basically every joint, does not get ahead of himself one time, like does not take one shortcut. And then um, after an hour of this, he looks over at us and he says, uh, I think the biggest finding is he's got a trigger point in his soleus. So, and this is a cervicogenic headache. All this this absolute sage does, he pulls out a needle, dry needles the trigger point, walks over to the, like, the sink or whatever, looks back like a sage would and says, how's your headache right now? And the patient, of course, is like, I don't have a headache right now. So the, the best part about it was we got <laughs> right. to see the, the patient come back. Like, so, cause we were there for a while, you know? Right. right. And, um, so I saw this, this dude did this time and I mean, he did this over and over and over again. Like Yoda. And like yeah. his big thing was like, find the key link. Like that, that's like Carol Levitt's. If, you yeah. if you're going to like put something on his yeah. gravestone and be like, the guy knew how to find like the, the key link in a case. So. It, what, so what he did though, he also didn't feel the need to like run up to the cervical spine to manipulate or do like some soft tissue work up there. And um, I've been in practice for ten years, and that is that is impressive. Oh, I mean, so, think about that. He's gonna go all the way down to the calf. So for y'all that don't do medical stuff, <laughs> we're talking about the skull, and he's treating with like the calf. That's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Uh, so at least for me in my life at that point, which I was like probably the most orthopedic medical person in my chiropractic class when I was going through school. Now I'm probably the biggest hippie that ever existed. <laughs> like, um, like it was really interesting for me to hear because like then you kind of like look outside the area of pain 
Um, you know, and I think we all have those moments. It is like the coolest, sexiest thing to say, oh, I'm treating, you know, this far away from pain. The reality of it is I think when you get out, you're going to have to treat locally more. Get your confidence there and then you can start to like expand out. And then when you're 93 years old and you're Carol Levin, it doesn't really matter at that point. You're going to go. When you're 93, you've heard every story under the book. Well, the other thing he said to me, he goes, do you know what my best, my best treatment's going to be? And I knew it was a trick question, mm-hmm. and I said, no, and he said, it'll be my last treatment. And he just sat there, and I thought about it for a second, I was like, because you've had all that experience, he's like, that's right. He's like, I mean, because honestly, as good as he was at manipulation, I mean, he was a shadow of himself when he was 93, obviously, compared to when he was 40. Right. But he had, like, all, I mean, imagine having 70 years oh, of experience of, like, knowing what to do. Right. Right. And he still, even at 90, carried around a leather journal. And at that, he was still writing down clinical pearls at that point. And Crazy. he practiced until he was 96 or 7. He, uh, he was doing he was done when he was 95, probably. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was literally unbelievable. Yeah. So I think what you take out of both of those, I mean, you guys are extremely high level. And then talking about levity, it's like a process, right? Like nobody's going to have a definitive process even though you guys practice very similarly all of us probably do the process is still the is different externally and internally but the internal process is what makes the change like him carrying around a journal right he's making external like marks about what's changing but you you know if you go through an audit that's a process but you still have to internalize that somehow you could go home and be like i felt everybody's spine and i'm fucking awesome right <laughs> like that doesn't make totally now what happens but right continue but there may be a As lot of people that are very much of the mindset of like i'm doing great because i don't have a great audit system Right? If you so, don't want it, you probably think you're amazing. <laughs> but I'm well, saying Le- Levitt would be proud of R2P because like in the 70s and 80s, he was the first person in the world to be talking about combining manipulation, soft tissue. He was r- tight with Rob McKenzie. Right. Um, Which would all require different audits. Yeah, yeah Philip Green. He was really yeah. good friends with Philip Greenman. And then he also, like you'd see in all his books, like he talked, he's the first person to talk about the biopsychosocial model before it even existed. So that's it. I mean, stop it. They he, were all the ones that came up with it. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think you're separate podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you can't, you're right. Like you can't just audit to audit. It's got to right. like mean something to you. That's right. right. That's good. I think everybody's assessing, but you could assess and be like, oh, you're better. Right. Because if your assessment's pain, shitty assessment. Terrible assessment. Mm-hmm. So that's, pretty, that's a that's the a audit, point. But that's what I think we talk a lot about in RTP right. is like what you know, what are we auditing? What are we looking for? What are you trying to change? Do things that you have an idealized system for thinking they need to change yeah. need to change. Like they that's convey that to the patient though. Like 100%. a lot of people know that, but they're not their patient doesn't understand. So like they think it's only about the pain game. Yeah. Well that's where the students that's where the students are coming out of the clubs like gunning. Yeah. Like those students that are coming out of the clubs are just they're top notch. Like yeah. Logan's oh, got sure. an amazing club here. I mean, how many times have you had a patient walk in the door and they're like, "How is it now?" Oh, uh, it's worse. Okay. Uh, well, what do you mean? Like, can you walk? Well, I ran seven miles without pain. All right. Well, that's, I'm going to put that in the better category. Okay. Why is it worse? Well, my back pain's worse. Okay. Do you have any leg pain? No. Check the range of motion. How's their Ipsilateral rotation better. Okay, you're better, dude. Like, let's let's move on. <laughs> They're just unaware of what sure. better means a lot of times. Sure. And then, really, 
all of this came from Yonda's quote, he who treats the sight of pain is lost and so are his patients. So I think, like Bo just said, that pain is a terrible audit. So if you're depending, and actually this is specifically for the Cairo students out there, or PT students, if you're basing your, your discharge criteria on whether the patient is in pain or not, you've missed the boat. It's, it's based on whether they've improved the causative factors, the, the, their, their actual dysfunction, not McKenzie dysfunction, but dysfunction. You've improved that, not, oh, are they out of pain, right? Well, oftentimes you improve their function in, in lieu of the pain, right? They'll have pain maybe way later in the range of motion. So look, you can turn your Perfect. neck to yeah, turn around point. and get in your car or, or reverse. I still feel it. And it's well, like 40 yeah. degrees farther that way. Yeah, like, all right. you should feel it at the end range at yeah. this point, right? That's a great win for us. You know what I mean? And they don't recognize, oh, I still feel it. You're seeing the other side of the wall that you didn't see when you came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're reaching down to the ground when you couldn't and it's still painful. So I think it's always setting those expectations of like, yo, like, what are your expectations? What have your expectations been? And like, what am I not going to do? What am I going to do? to reach those and really getting that communication across to them. If well, you change pain and you don't change function, they're about to relapse. So like, that's a great, and yeah. whether or not well, they come back to yeah. you, it depends on your personality basically. Right. Like if they liked you or, you know, yeah. so. Well, but it's funny cause you know, the back to the Yonda quote, like I wanted to be able to avoid any dependence on the patient's subjective interpretation of their pain. And I fought for years, and the answer is audit. Like, just audit. Passive range of motion, active range of motion, trigger points, muscle testing, neurodynamic testing, muscle testing, whatever. Like, all of those things, somebody will come in like, oh, I'm worse. All right, cool. All right, let's just check your range of motion. How's it? Oh, okay, you're turning 40 degrees farther to the left. Great, that's better. Oh, poke around, no twitch response, no, you know, no pain down the leg. So if you're not auditing, again, if you're not auditing your patients, then you but don't really know. And communicating to them about what your audit's finding so totally. they understand where you're going with that process. Absolutely. You know, because sometimes you'll just sit there <laughs> mobilizing a joint and forget to kind of give it. Grade, grade three? Grade no, 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 I don't forget. I yeah. bill and then they leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think that's where Jeff and I, you know, where we make our biggest bang for our buck is, is again, going back to that communication thing and the education. Because if we didn't fix them to their standard, do they go home and at least know a prone press-up that helps them, right? Because we got someone on the table the other day who had to do prone press-ups and nerve glides for low back pain, but when she got up from the nerve glide, her back pain was way worse. But the one thing I will touch on that, you mentioned standard. I think the standard for what we do in the office is also a bit misconstrued, right? If somebody comes in in a poor health status and they expect to get out of pain with prone press-ups, may not be, may not happen. I think that's part of our, part of the thing that we're also, and that's going to come up, right? You may have a patient that you go through your auto process, you do everything, function has improved, pain still hasn't. And I mean, I've heard Brett say it. I mean, how many times? Guess where they're going? Functional medicine, that other part. So that's where that's what also makes you a good clinician, right? Knowing when, like, oh, I've done my part. I actually did something, or right. I didn't do something. You're on to that next piece, which is also part of that. Audit, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, then you got to sell that next piece. <laughs> so like, then you got to convince that patient who's very unhealthy, like, this functional medicine referral makes sense for you, like. Sometimes that referral is hard. It's, it's not hard to make it. It's hard to the, get them to the get it. The only thing harder than a functional medicine referral is a referral to a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, because 
we all know that functional medicine is a real thing and it's important and, and I bet you 100% of us are to some degree following functional medicine stuff like taking vitamins or eating a certain way or whatever the case may be but to patients it's like this I'm, I'm, I'm putting up my fingers at one centimeter. It's like one centimeter away from... One centimeter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, you all Last missed jacket. that one, yeah, but yeah. you can infer. One centimeter. One centimeter. Yeah. All right. yeah. <laughs> the no, fish like, was this big. Yeah. My bench press was... <laughs> Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, continue. So referring someone to, to like a, a therapist is really hard and a functional medicine is like one step slightly easier. You're like, no, this is like a real thing. It's good and you should totally do this. But I mean, you guys have Rebecca Forlano in there um, and that's, you guys have someone you can consistently, consistently refer to. You know, I've got Margaret Weston and, and Eric Serrano and if, you know, I gotta get to that point and then pushing them over to there where now they're going to talk about diet and sleep habits and meditation and stress management and all these other things that, that absolutely matter but to many patients it's so far yeah, you don't know. talk about that day one yeah you know he would that was his thing right it's like you didn't rub the boo-boo you didn't make their function better you started talking about the habits and lifestyle things which is a huge part of it right but you don't you just can't do that but do you do you think carol levitt at 95 years old would have like hesitated if he knew that that was a thing not a chance well the 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 amazing about him is he would have full conviction that and that's oh no 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 you need a you need a dry needle in your soleus oh no you need to go talk to a functional medicine person oh no you need an mri of your knee and it, which brings us back, how do you have the conviction for that? A, experience, but B, the audit, right? Like if you're to that point, you know that you have the conviction of, you gotta get there. Like this thing is yeah. not gonna be relieved like the person that used into surgery. Yeah. Your conviction for that is what sent the referrals back in, not the fact that they right. had a successful surgery based on your Well, referral. and what that comes back to is how well the doctor can confront the patient. You know, like, yeah. uh, so, you know, like, that's and the I best was, part of getting older, Brett. I know, I know. You got gray hair and thinning hair that like gives you credibility. Or no, or no hair. Yeah. <laughs> well, no hair on the top of my head. <laughs> uh, what a place to stop it. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're all going to think about where else Rich has hair. But uh, <laughs> well. Uh, Everybody lost their sex drive. Yeah, <laughs> and we're gone. And we're gone. Uh, well, thanks everybody for being uh, honest and talking to us, and uh, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this little behind-the-scenes look and uh, us drinking some Chapelet and some wine and. I don't know, talking about cool stuff and things that we all think about and deal yeah. with on a daily basis and things that I think really matter in, in becoming a, a better clinician, becoming a better person is, you know, combating your, your difficulties and combating your failures and your wins uh, with the same kind of vigor, I think, on both sides of those spectrums. And so um, that's what the world-class clinicians, world-class entrepreneurs, performers do is, is kind of combat them with the same drive on, on both sides. and. You know, not ride the highs too high and the lows too low, but stay somewhere in the middle and, and stay consistent and be uh, be better every single day. So, anything to end with, guys? I'm just really looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, it's right, gonna yeah. be great. So, um, I'm actually gonna publish this today. We're just gonna I'm putting it on uh-huh. right now, and so we're actually we're gonna publish party. it. Go for it. Go for it. No, no. R2P website. Fucking go. Uh, check us out. First of all, 
Rehab2Performance.com. Um, this is going to get published now, so if someone's an insomniac <laughs> and wants to wants to join us tomorrow, actually, you can join until 7.30 tomorrow morning. We start at 8. Um, all the registration is on, but good news to everybody else. Um, if you're going to miss uh, this weekend, these three great clinicians that we have, um, it will be available um, for purchase afterwards. So um, you can you can link in that way. Uh, again, it's rehab2performance.com, and you'll find the registration page there. Bo, you got anything else to That's add good, there? Man. I love it. Thanks to Brett for having us in this house. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the wine. Oh, yeah. We're really You're appreciative. welcome. You're very welcome. We're in the bullpen. All right, guys. We'll, uh, and then we'll, we'll see. There may be another opportunity for us to do this again tomorrow night, or I don't know. We'll, we'll just see what we're doing again. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, but tomorrow night's tequila. <laughs> great follow up with Courtney. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah we'll, oh, we'll, we'll have, we'll have maybe lots we will. of We'll have lots of more stuff, stuff coming for you guys. But uh, thanks again. We really appreciate appreciate each and every one of you guys. And, Thank you for having us. Uh, good luck on Monday, as we always say, and uh, keep crushing it. Um.